think that comedy is really important right now too because it's such a crazy time in our world and people need to laugh they, they need to i think they that do. there's definitely a groundswell of people who don't want to laugh and they think it's not funny to talk about certain subjects but or there's nothing funny about it but there is there is yeah. humor everywhere and we need it in this episode we're talking with the president and current ceo of all things comedy mike bertolina before joining all things comedy mike was the vice president of client development at branded entertainment network Mike has executed integration campaigns for clients such as Microsoft, General Motors, Zillow, and Dyson, as well as 16 other strategic digital video campaigns. As president of All Things Comedy, Mike spearheads strategies to enable comedians to own and brand their personal IPs. This is Creative Disruption, the intersection where entertainment, data, and creativity meet. Here's your hosts, Ricky Ray Butler and Daryl Leaves. Welcome back to the Creative Disruption Podcast, where we talk about everything that is disrupting the industry, and we're talking with creators that's causing that disruption. And I'm joined here by Ricky Ray. How are you doing, Ricky? I'm doing fantastic. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question for you, Ricky. Sure. How many screaming uh, subscriptions do you actually pay a month? Wow, <laughs> going at, so, starting them up here. So, so let me let me count. Okay, and I'll, I'll just I'll just list them all. All right, Netflix, Netflix, Amazon, okay, HBO through Amazon, okay, Showtime through Amazon. So which you know like just yeah, right, right. a little bit. Um, Hulu, and then CBS All Access. Um, Star Trek's great on that, by the way. I don't watch Star Trek. What? Either. No, I I oh I, I watch you do D and D, but you don't do Star Trek. Hey hey hey. <laughs> I, I I do um Big Brother and like Survivor like I'm still caught up in that mess. You're one of those guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not. I'm not done. <laughs> okay. Keep so going. I said, I'm at YouTube Premium, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Go next you. No. You just all access me. You cut me off. Um. So at least I would probably say, and then I, you can count Spotify. So probably seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. And and if you're taking like your well, no, we have an Audible too. So like that. That's eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. So if you're cut cut the cord, I mean that. I mean you're paying a lot more than you were cable right or what where were you at with that potentially we never had cable ever, ever since i got married um i mean i mean i, ne I never had cable it yeah just never made sense we always figured out how to stream things online yeah and and so it all started with hulu it, hulu hulu and netflix for yeah, me and YouTube. for sure yeah mm -hmm. so okay so apple just introduced their platform mm -hmm. uh they kind of announced it to the world everyone knew it was coming they didn't know the price but the price is four dollars and 99 cents like what is going to happen with that? And I know that there's a lot of great creators that have signed deals with mm -hmm. Apple and, you know, Apple has a bajillion dollars in the bank and bajillion sure. is a word. I want you to know it is a word. <laughs> it's just a lot of money and it's in the bank waiting to do something. Do you think this is going to disrupt the, the industry? Not the price. Not the Absolutely price. not. I think they, they still have to do a lot of testing. They have to prove their model and they have to prove to the consumers that their content is superior and that it's really good. See, I think we're heading for a bubble. I, mean, I, I really do. I think we're heading for a bubble because you have Disney Plus that's coming out, um, and it is it, like it, it's going to really draw in. Like, I'm, there's going to be a bubble, but it's not going to force a bundle. No, I, I actually think I, things I are going to become even I more diverse and more I decentralized. Truly, I think yeah. our next wave is going to be micro or niche SVODs. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. But like for me, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go with Disney. I don't want to. Then they're like, oh, by the way, we got a couple new Star Wars TV mm -hmm. series that we're putting out. Like, yeah, the Mandalorian. You know, I'm like, I, I saw I, the trailer. I'm like, I am going to get that now just but, because of that stupid trailer. Well, there's such a demand <laughs> for content, even though there's such a big supply. Yeah. I still don't have enough 
I need to binge more. And and I and I and right now, like we're watching like three different shows. And I know big brother, after, big no, no, brother no, no, no. Two. We're, we're, we're putting a big brother on hold until we get done with a couple others. Oh, okay. Um, and, and after I get through that list, I know there's going to be a period of time where there's going to be about like two to three months where I'm not going to have anything to watch that that's binge worthy. Yeah. And, and so I, I still think we're at the beginning and that's just based off of my sample. But I think the reason why all these different platforms are starting and growing because they're all seeing some type of success. Right. I mean, we're talking about Netflix and Amazon, but we have to also remember, you know, um, Philo. We have to remember all the the more. I forgot you know, about Philo. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's Philo. There's Sling. Like, there, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of different um, um, platforms out there. They're on the rise. Um, one thing that I think is really interesting is a specific vertical that seems like it's dominating all the different platforms. Which one's that? Um, comedy. Oh, well, hey. well, think about it. No, seriously. So, so if you look at the podcast world, um, the podcasts that are doing the best are the comedians. Absolutely. And then you're seeing them create content. You know, when it comes to Instagram, they're all getting Netflix specials or Amazon Prime specials. And uh, some people course, are like doing their own stuff and making sure you know, thirty million dollars. Why do you think them? comedians are being successful? Well, because entertainment is what people are looking for. That's one of the outlets of where they find value. And, of course, that would be the case. I think it's because they can entertain better than most. If yeah. you think about it, well, the any, anyone the that timing. can do stand-up comedy can act. Right. They can produce. And they, um, they're, they're a jack-of-all-traits. And so when you have like this more organic content when it comes to podcasts or vlogs, it's going to be the comedians that are going to entertain people the most and get the most followers. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of them still have a ways to go, especially with when it comes to, like, let's say TikTok or Instagram. I mean, there, there's going to be even a bigger explosion of comedians, I, I believe. I, I agree. I, I, you know, just with the medium, I agree that, you know what, it's going to just facilitate more and more uh, comedians to get exposure and get in front of new audiences and, and grow from there. But I do look at some of the older uh, comedians and I look at some of the things that they're doing on like Jerry Seinfeld series on Netflix is like off the charts. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. And but there'll probably be a micro SVOD around comedy exactly well, we already know there's dry bar comedy that's like exploding right. um, but there's going to be i mean there's a there's a lot of comedy out there that maybe isn't relevant to dry bar where they're going to have their own platform for it, and people are probably going to tune in and subscribe yeah yeah there's probably going to be a horror film um as fought there probably is like think about it uh, every, every, almost is, every isn't that cheap, called Full moon already. They already have one of those. <laughs> hey, I, I, something we, like that. You know, we, we know that, you know, we have, um, what was it called? Crunchyroll or Crunchyroll? The, uh -huh. the SVOD for anime. Yeah. I think we're just going to see more and more of those. And it's going to be through acquisitions where, where, you know, we, and we haven't seen the big acquisitions yet. So before uh, I, there's a bubble, I, I think there's going to be a bunch of big I think we have. I, I think, think we're going to see more. Dude, no, I think more, we have. I, I disagree with you. I think we've seen the acquisitions, but it's in content. It's mm -hmm. owning IP. It's like when Disney said, look, we're going to buy all of Fox. Yeah. Like that, that right there is a massive, massive deal. Now that's the first stage is like owning the IP mm -hmm. because if you, if you put it out there and people are, are consuming it, you know, from different platforms and different distribution, but if you want to own it and start eating up everything else, I think it's going to come down to be honest with you, Disney. Mm -hmm. And I think Apple and Amazon have the, 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 the strategy. I think Google, AT&T, I mean, people bigger than Disney are going to be making I, bigger I, acquisitions. I, I just, I have a hard time with Google. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's just like, they, like even being like YouTube, like YouTube premium has changed. There's YouTube Red and all this mm -hmm. other stuff. 
They just can't figure it out. Well, the only no, series that ever they did shouldn't anything. do it themselves. They should acquire. Yeah, but and the, then they should build on what. But they're the only series, the acquired. only series that even did anything was mm -hmm. Cobra Kai, and I loved it. Sure, but that was like a one-hit wonder. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not saying Google acquiring content. I'm saying acquiring one of these major platforms and then making it so it's even better. And, and, and do you think the federal government will allow them to do that? I mean, there, there's like antitrust. Absolutely. Antitrust the, the, stuff that's going on. If Google acquires a Netflix, that's not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, well, it's going to be a big deal. <laughs> but it's not going to be a huge I'll deal. I'll buy stock before that happens. So if you hear anything. To, to, the, to the federal government. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's going to need to be bigger acquisitions before there's a bubble burst. Also, I think there needs to be a, another disruptive model in order to force it to burst. Like, for example, we've talked a lot about this. I believe blockchain 100%. is going to disrupt the SVOD model. Yeah. Um, people are going to want to start funding content and investing in it through a blockchain. Yeah. Where like a J.J. Abrams or a Christopher Nolan can come out and say, hey, I want to do Star Wars my way or some superhero movie or series my way. Come here. Be a part of, you know, um, this. Instead of, you know, donating to get a free T-shirt, donate invest and you get a percentage of the, of, of, of the profits once it gets bigger. And 100%. Bigger. I think we That's both, I think we both agree on that. And, and sure. so, <laughs> so maybe there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a couple of bubbles that where, where things burst, but I think we have a lot more innovation that needs to come in order to make it. So this old I mean, this S5 model that we're seeing across the board is irrelevant and it has to be through new technology and, and, and a new way that consumers want to consume content. Yeah. And I think the portability of it too, it's just like people, you know, expect it to be portable and, and go on. And I think, I think you're right. And I think this introduces our, our guests uh, pretty, pretty solid in the sense of comedy, but it's like people, they, they, they want quick dips into the internet and they, they want what they want. And sometimes it's just to be entertained. Sometimes it's just to laugh. Sometimes it's to engage in a certain way. And the easier it is for them to do that, the more frequent they're going to do it. And it's what Google calls micro moments. And, and that happens consistently uh, with these younger generations. Now, the older generations, you know, they want to they'll do it their own way. You know, they like schedules, you know, and all that other stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are just right into it. They're waiting for a bus or they're on a you know subway going somewhere and they just want a quick dip into it. And I think that's where future is going to be. And I think a lot of it's going to be in comedy because that's the, probably the most disruptive uh, forms of entertainment. There's always a controversy going on about some comedian saying something <laughs> every freaking week, <laughs> especially the last couple of months. Yeah. So let, let's go ahead and segue. Yeah. We're going to introduce our guest. So we have today someone that's really close to my heart and his name is um, Mike Bortolino or was it Michael? Bordelino. Oh, see, Mike's fine. Okay, Bordelino. Mike is Michael. This okay, is Mike. the best introduction. These are really close to my heart. Is it Mike or Michael? Mike, Mike, well, with that said, you know, Mike and I, we've known each other for a while. He actually used to work at Ben. Okay, so work together. worked here. Yeah. yeah, so he used to work here. And um, he's done amazing things since he left. We were all really pissed off when he left. So that's <laughs> so why. So you me. were nice. You were <laughs> I really was nice, nice about it. But I kind of told him, like, you're making a stupid mistake. <laughs> but, but today, he, he's the president of All Things Comedy, that's which awesome. is a company that's owned by Bill Burr. And you work very closely with Burr, Bill Burr around all of his initiatives. That's right. You want, want to tell us a little more about All Things Comedy? And sure. Then, and first do? of all, yes. so many things. I've got, I agree with so many things that you guys were saying in that banter. <laughs> I'm biting my lip to not jump in on that. So maybe we can circle back to some of those subjects yes, in this conversation let's, let's because like you guys covered some, some good ground there. Yeah, we're here sure. to geek out. I love for it. Sure. Uh, yes. So I run all things comedy. It's, um, it's a really interesting company. We started as a podcast network that was owned and operated by the comedians themselves because 
<clears throat> comics are a group of people that are, as you point out, are, um, they are prolific. They're creating content every which way they can. They're most comfortable with the mic in their hand and being on stage as writers and producers and creators of their own content every day. And uh, we wanted to create something that the comedians could could own and and support one another and allow them to protect their IP and exploit it themselves. So uh, it started as really a co-op of comedians that um, wanted to own their audience, grow their audience, and help one another in that. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've that, really that alone is disruptive. I mean, sure. you know, what has been done, you know, over the course of years, that's just super disruptive. Yeah. Well, we saw a trend going in the industry. Sorry, I'm away from the mic going in the industry where, um, a lot of companies were hopping in that were looking to take over a lot of that IP. And these guys were independent operators that really just wanted to connect with their audience and engage with them because they're out to sell tickets. In the end, they want to go from working clubs to working small theaters to big theaters to arenas, right? right. And a, a podcast is a great way to engage with comedian with their fans directly. You know, get get them knowing who they are so that they're invested in their material, right? We wanted to pull back from that trend and allow the comics to just take control of their of their own content, and not only that, but take control of their own company. So that's really what we we started out as, but over the last couple of years, we've, we've really expanded into a lot of different, different directions as we've, um, started to invest in the company itself and building out our own brand. We've started to hit all the other touch points in a comics career, whether that's video content, web series, stand up specials, TV shows, live events. Um, so, so you're creating like this network. It's not like an MCN, but it's like where they're able no. to come in and be a part of something. And then there's all these different facets that they can utilize yeah. for that, for them and their, their business. Right? I liken us to, we work really closely with talent management companies. Talent managers are people who partner with a comic on their career and help them build that career. Right. We start with the same goals and we just build that around content. And what is the content that you want to make that's going to help you hit those goals? And then when we do that, we go, we create those things in partnership with them. So smart. we're part production company, part um, network, part clubhouse. Yeah. yeah. No, I love it. So um, dealing with these uh, comedians and I, and I've worked with quite a few sheriff comedians mm -hmm. and I found that some are bipolar <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But it's just still like still a euphemism, even though it's, it's still loaded. Yeah. But um, there's there's a lot of intensity. Yeah. Um, but what I've noticed is they're real the best ones that I've seen, they're really good at reading audiences and yeah. they know how to perform to an audience. How are you using data to give the you know the comedians yeah. that that pulse of what's working, what's not? I think the thing, and this also depends on the, the vehicle or the media that we're working in, right. but when it comes to say digital video content, we have a lot of web series that we produce and distribute right now. We're really looking for engagement. That's the big thing. I mean, views are great. Views are a great thing to gauge, right. you know, that is the size of your audience any given time. But we look for, you know, like to dislike ratio, um, the Sounds amount like of comments and conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a very talented guy on my team named Russell Weissman, who is our audience development guy. And he's, he's very focused on those things. And we work with the comics on identifying that data, going into that data and saying, what's, what different things do we do around the format that's going to create more engagement or create more excitement and buzz, you know, or, or 
just help you boost your way into the algorithm if it's if it's mm -hmm. on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. How how did you get into comedy? Because I know before coming to Ben, you know, you're a prop master, correct? That's right. Yeah. You came here and you're just amazing um, integration expert and knew everything about content. Yeah. Very connected in Hollywood. And then, you know, you ended up, you know, teaming up with um, um, Bill Burr and, and the All Things Comedy team. Um, how did you make those connections? Um, this is a very odd story and it's one of those things you don't really plan for. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a bit that you're ready. <laughs> well, no, it's not really. So, so yes, I was a prop master did, did that. I worked in the industry for, you know, a, a decade doing props. Um, and uh, the other partner at all things comedy that should be mentioned is Al Madrigal because right. this guy is just an absolute machine, just a crazy, um, just manufacturer of ideas. He's just an idea monster. Uh, and he's been the driving force for a lot of our activity over the past, you know, eight years since his inception as a, as this club. Al lived three doors down from me. <laughs> we were friends and we connected over funny things. I mean, we both worked in the industry. We connected over that. We also connected with the fact that we're both San Franciscans and both 49er fans. <laughs> and then, far between right and then what I, my segue out of props was going back to business school. I, I went to San Francisco for two years, got my MBA. Uh, when I came back to LA, I did two things. I started working in branded entertainment. That became like a job and a real career. Uh, and Bill and Al were starting this idea of theirs and they pulled me in and I, I helped them with a lot of things, monetization, some brand deals and things like that. Um, but that just little engine kept growing and growing and showed it could. And then at one point I, we decided to go in all in <laughs> on it and, and blow the thing up and it's, it's been going really well. Why, and awesome. while I do miss Ben, <laughs> um, uh, it was a great, it was a great move for, uh, for, for me and for the company of all things go. Awesome. So let, let's kind of um, fast forward a little bit because um, like I'm always interested where the pulse of where you think, you know, you think things are going and things that are happening. What are you the most interested in right now, technology wise to really extend the brand um, of those comedians that you're working with? That's a great question. And I mean, there's no real one answer. There's a lot of, I mean, there's so many new platforms. You're talking about SVODs, yeah. micro SVODs. It's really exciting. Um, I mean, you're, you're going down your list of the, of the platforms you're subscribing to. And I'm like, yep, 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 yep. I can tack <laughs> a few more in there. ESPN plus sure. WWE yeah, yeah. because my, my 10 year old's crazy about That's it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's um, amazing how they've stayed relevant wrestling. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's <laughs> That's wild a story within itself. Yeah. Right without a doubt. But uh, I think that there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there. One that's really exciting is Quibi. I mean, thinking about oh, creating sure. a whole new uh, subscription platform that's specifically for mobile. And when I look at what's going on in stand-up comedy and the way that comics are leveraging their, their sets to um, grow audience and create some engagement, a lot of it's around clips. It's a lot short-form moments in their overall hour set. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. If you look, there's more and more platforms for that. It works for us on Instagram, on, on YouTube. Um, so I think that with more tools, there's just more ways for comics to engage. The thing with all things comedy is that we don't hold to any one strategy. We're nimble. We're yeah. always mm -hmm. like exploiting Level new exhausting. things as we find it. Exactly. And like I said, it really comes back to goals. 
to a comics goal. And in order to, to really target that, you can't hold on to what was working eight weeks ago, right? You know? No, eight it, days it, ago. Cause there's something new changes. today. Exactly. You know? It changes so fast. Yeah. Um, what, like, and I'm just kind of a follow-up question, but yeah. it's like, okay, so you're, you're always looking for the next big thing or the next way to get what you're trying to achieve, whatever that finish line yeah. is for the, the comedian. Um, like, is it like, do you find a lot of comedians are more, okay, I don't necessarily need my special anymore. I just want to blow up online yeah. and, and go that direction. What are you doing to cross promote and cross pollinate between uh, comedians? Like, do, do you have a strategy for that? We do. Uh, I mean, well, starting with the podcasts, podcasts are a great way to get people connected. It's, it's between, you know, guesting on each other's shows and getting, engaging with their audiences and pulling their audiences into your sphere. Um, that's one big element of it. Right. We are a podcast network, so we do cross promote in shows as well. Um, and I mean, I think there's no better example of that than Joe Rogan. I mean, that yeah, guy Jeff, has such a massive yep. halo of influence. And once you're pulled into that, it's another launch pad for you. So even beyond, I mean, you know, his audience is massive, but even smaller audiences are there to be connected to. And, and those fans really want to learn more. They want to see more and hear more, you know? Um, and then, you, you know, it's, it's what can we partner on other types of content that we can create? The, you, you mentioned maybe they're, they're abandoning going after the special, which is a, by the way, another big trend too. Right. Um, obviously Netflix has been a big player in standup and they really did disrupt this they did, industry in, in a massive yeah. way. And, and my, all the credit in the world goes to them for that, but it also created challenges and, it, and in challenge, it created opportunities too, because, um, there's a, there's so much there. Some comics are either they can't get the deal because, you know, Netflix is looking for bigger and bigger and bigger. So what do they turn to? And a lot of comics are looking to control it themselves, self-finance yeah. or finance in new creative ways. Andrew Schultz is a guy who went out. He's, he's been so active on YouTube. He really is a, has become a master of that. And he's a great thinker. And he released his full special on YouTube. Yeah. On his own. It's fantastic. It's fans. like, Way back in the day, it was like, okay, if only I can get on Johnny Carson and yeah. do my stand-up routine. Yeah. And you have a lot of the early comedians coming on, at least in this latter part of the day. Joe decade. Rogan is Johnny Carson. Yeah, I yeah, mean, one hundred percent. Carson, one hundred percent. And I think that's kind of the boost. But there's so many things that can get people's attention. Yeah. Like it's it's just one video. They're like they're literally one video away <laughs> from you know their next big big break. Yeah, and it's not having to go. Yeah, it's great if we would have. If you could go on Joe Rogan, um, they can get a lot of visibility, a lot of quick, a lot of eyeballs, but it's just like you're one video away. Yeah. Um, and I, I've seen it. I, I, I remember uh, taking some time with the, with the owners of dry bar comedy and when they were going over their strategy and I thought it was a sound strategy. I thought it was a, a brilliant strategy of what they're looking to do. Um, I couldn't comprehend the complexities of copyright um, mm. and, and ownership of it. They solved that big issue but it's just, it just like pumping out views yeah. and it's just like, it, it's crazy. I mean, billions and billions, really and billions impressive. of views. Yeah. And, and it, and it comes back down to, it's like, you're really only one big, uh, video away of getting known. It's so know? funny. I, I, I was talking to Bert Kreischer, who's also a partner at all things comedy. And he said something interesting to me about, you know, there's so many amazingly talented comedians and we want to cast a spotlight on all of them. Right. And with every new thing we do, we want to find new ways that we can show the world people that we think are funny. 
but there's so much luck that's involved in the game for that one video to hit or, what, or whatever it might be. I mean, and it, you could, know, it could hit like two years late too. It's like, you never know when it's going to hit. I mean, like Burr, I mean, I'm biased. I would say he's the greatest working comedian today. And he had a tremendous amount of luck too. I mean, if that if somebody wasn't rolling a camera on that rant he had in Philadelphia, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, yeah, where he yeah. turned an entire city that was completely against him, went at him hard and turned them in his favor. <laughs> it was insane. He should run for, for president of the United States. Yeah, I mean, right there. But, but that really gained a ton of audience for him. Yeah. 100%. Um, so, you know, you never know what it's going to be, but the more active you are, the more odds are you're, gonna, you're not going to win if you don't play. Yeah. 100%. With your company. And again, this might be um, a detail that you might not be able to share. Are you guys doing any deals with Quibi right now? We are not able to share. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe I need to be a little careful then on my next question. We um, talked we talked to Quibi a lot. I'll oh, say, say that. Yeah. Do you think you know Quibi is going to be successful? I hope so. I, I really do. I think that it's like what you were talking about. Um, you know, they haven't really pushed out any trailers or any release or anything for their shows yet. And I think that knowing what they're buying right now. They're definitely putting themselves in the driver's seat for success. Yep. Um, you're right. The Mandalorian, that trailer alone. Look, I got three kids. I was going to be getting on ES on Disney Plus regardless. Because you but, got ESPN Plus. But they that. sold me. <laughs> they sold me on that one. And sure. I think that when you look at the people that are doing deals there right now in the cool new formats that they have mm -hmm. and some of the tech that they're applying to their platform that I'm sure they're going to share with everybody, it's exciting. And you know what? This is the thing about technology, though. It's always an overpromise until you actually execute yeah. and have an audience. Yeah. And I can scale it and show that you're going to have something that's not buggy. I, I have a lot of questions, you know, I mean, whether if they're going to be very successful or not. I hope they are. I do, I think too. The, yeah. the more platforms we have, the better. Yeah. Um, the better it is for the creator and the, the viewers. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, that's selfishly um, where I'm looking from because I think about all these people that are going in and starting to create there, I want them to get a big audience. Yeah. You know? yeah. I want Quibi to be successful, but like. Yeah. Well, there's theories too that potentially they're just putting together a, a good amount of content so they can sell it. And, and, and have like a quick, you know, acquisition. You'll, because, have, to talk, you'll have to talk to Jeffrey about because, that one. Because you have, you, have, <laughs> you, have, you, know, you have Verizon that's going to need to look for a solution. Yeah. You have all these major companies like AT&T. Yeah, well, I mean, they just that, bought uh, Warner and. Yeah. And H HBO Max. I mean, that whole yeah. thing is completely changing with AT and T jumping yeah. in the mix. Yeah. And and so I think there's just so much momentum and so many things moving around. Right. That even if they're not successful, if they don't get a huge audience, they're gonna have so much content where they'll, they'll be valuable just yeah. to get a quick acquisition. And that's a that's a great point. I think that when it comes down to it, the value really sits with the, the content. It yeah. Sits with the IP. Sure. You know, um, that's why we are not in MCN. When we go out and make things, we do partner with people on it. We invest in it and exactly. then we create it with them. So, um, so we look at our value as tying to like the more content that we're putting out there and creating sure. as I, well as I, like I, a brand that stands for something. I do think that we are in just on the prefaces of really taking it to the next level from technology based in the sense of, you know, more and more people are consuming video content on their mobile phone. They'd rather watch it on their mobile phone than, a, you know, a hundred inch TV yeah. right in front of them. Uh, and they're getting more adjusted to it. And, and what I'm interested in. Biggest screen in your house, by the way. It, it is 100%. Mm -hmm. You're just like right there. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but what I'm interested in is where Generation Z spends their time yeah. with their eyeballs. Because like for me, yeah, it's great for hitting, you know, older Gen X or, you know, older millennials. And that will go only so far. But it's this next wave that's coming up. Mm-hmm. And I cannot get like only to play Xbox, I think, is the only I, I can time I can get my kids on the, the bigger you know TV. Right. Everything else is just like quick, intimate, and they want it. And yep. I think a mobile solution type platform that's a paid subscription is going to be like completely off the charts. Sure. No, a- so a- absolutely. Because TikTok is great, but TikTok is not where they're going to exactly. binge into storylines. Exactly. Right. Binge into storytelling. Well, that's and, where I think Quibi is good too, because they're, they're focusing on the, the duration of the format. Like each Quibi is a quick bite. So each mm-hmm. episode is essentially 10 minutes or less. So sure. maybe Those you're, sh- you're probably right as far as kids are concerned, but even for us as adults, like 10 minutes are you allowed to curse on this show i mean it's like what you what you watch when you take a shit you know what i mean like that like that's the well you mentioned joe rogan Rogan clips right exactly 15 minutes (laughs) you just you know you know watch it and and see what it's about and you're gonna want to watch the entire podcast or not right that's right. No, no, I, I think well, it's, see, so back to like the big screen thing. Your kids will never get on the big screen unless it's like. I mean, I think will, but they they would rather they'd rather have their own personal device. With my three year old, um, we decided not to let her just have the iPad and yeah. like, watch it. Like, Good. We actually have everything like on YouTube Kids or like Netflix Kids. On the big screen, you're you're a good, good parent. Well, no, I well, <laughs> I support it. I, I never would have thought that I would have encourage my kids to watch tv on a big screen yeah i would have always thought okay let's get them to go outside but like when they're not being active and they want to watch you know content you know we've decided to make it be on the big screen where it can be a little more controlled i love it because you know there's all those rabbit holes out there i love that you're saying that so i've got three kids we do limit screen time in our house as well i mean i want a want them to be outside and play i want them to read books as well but uh I look at if you're going to be watching a movie or a TV show, it's not just about the size of the format. It's about a communal experience too. Sure. I like 100%. us as a family to sit down and That's enjoy great. that film. I'm also a super film nerd. Mm-hmm. So like, I like to show them movies that are important to me that I think are, are appropriate for them. And then okay. watch that. With so, them. okay. So best star Wars film of all time is your film nerd empire. See, I agree. That's why I like him right there. <laughs> it's the very best. <laughs> What's number two though? Oh, man, I would say a new hope because yeah. like it, it started everything off. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of the last Jedi. I, 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 I wanted to walk out. I'll be honest with you. what do you, like, what do you think of rogue one? I loved rogue one. I thought yeah, that would probably right. be we're my, friends. We're like, friends. Like, we're I, friends. I think that would probably be my, my number three. Yeah. Uh, like Jedi is great. And I love the, the components so he, of it. So he knows the Star Wars. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes to the Godfather, he likes Godfather 3 the most. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. I don't know it. what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I saw all those DVDs that you have. I don't even have a DVD player. My wife hangs Godfather. it over me. My son's <laughs> middle name is Santino, and it's named after Sonny from, uh, from the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, which may be a little dark considering uh, the way Sonny went out, but sure, he was a good big brother. Though. That's, right, that's right. No, but that's awesome. And I, I, I love the, the film side of where things are going. And I think, yeah. you know, this is one thing I love about uh, online and communities is like you can find people like you all around the world and you can create these little sub communities, these sub niches of, of, you know, that. And I think you know, what's driving it is the content creators that are going from it. And I do agree. Like these, these comedians are like right at the top. 
like yeah. right at the top because they just know how to entertain. They know how to pace. They know how to, you know, get that punchline where it is. And they seem to be getting casted more often now in True. films as well. True. But, but That's right. I mean, if you think about it. entrepreneurial where they can control their own content. Well, there's darkness at the edge of comedy as well. You got to think that oh, yeah. these people like toe that line so, so well. And I, I think of some of like our great dramatic actors actually started in comedy, Tom Hanks or oh, like um, Jim Carrey, yeah. like his, uh, have you seen that documentary where he was, uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's just uh, like off the charts. It's like, you know, I went down a dark place, yeah. you know, and it's just like, yeah. But I think that comedy is really important right now, too, because it's such a crazy time in our world and people need to laugh. They, they need to. I think they that do. there's definitely a groundswell of people who don't want to laugh and they think it's not funny to talk about certain subjects, but or there's nothing funny about it. But there is there is yeah. humor everywhere and we need it. It's I, a good and I release think, for us. I think when we need it, because like, like everyone's in the news, uh, you know, about saying something on stage and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's been some stuff with SNL and all that other stuff. But it's like, right. you know, at the end of the day, we just need to relax right. and not, not be over sensitive, uh, sensitive and overly political. Yep. I mean, that I mean, you look at Mel Brooks as an example. You know, he he was like very, very edgy. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's all these different skits that are now today are like way inappropriate. And, and, from a lot of and I get that. Exactly. And I get that that was a different time. I understand all of that. And even but, today we're seeing a cultural shift. We're, we're, we're seeing like generational differences between yeah. like Gen Z and then oh, yeah. X. Yeah. Yeah. But so where it becomes like a slippery X, slope yeah. is when you get to, but you can't laugh about this and you, you can't, can't laugh, laugh about, about that. that. You sure. Can, yeah. I, I, I just think that that is ludicrous. I think that. I think it was Sarah Silverman that said that wherever there is light, there cannot be dark. So like, yep. let's have a little bit of joy in our lives. Mm -hmm. I understand that some things aren't funny to certain people. And I understand the idea of offense, you know, but uh, there is a big difference between telling a joke and making a statement. And exactly. I think that's where people lose the blur. Well, if you read it in print in as a headline, as a piece of a bit that has no it, context to everything else that was said suddenly you made it a statement but that's not at all sure. what a comedian had intended so there with like all this controversy that's happening right now in the, yeah. in the comedian world or the, the world of comedy um where do brands reside like how <laughs> how are brands responding to all of this that's a great I'm sure question there are a lot of brands that are being a little uptight and like don't want to touch it and there's other brands that might want to dive in deep yeah yeah it's a great question i mean i look uh SNL is on NBC, which is all completely driven by brands, by, right. by advertising. So I understand why they did what they did. I, I'm, I'm not saying that they did is right or wrong. I mean, they have the right to do what they want to do. Um, but that would be a prime example of ultimately, like, that's what drives that type of decision. Um, I haven't seen any downturn in advertising on comedians' podcasts. Um, you know, Bill says all kinds of crazy things. Well, I don't think crazy but it says all kinds of things sure, sure. it says a lot of stuff entertaining and, and and some of those things offend, some of those things offend some people but he yeah. has obviously no uh loss of support from from advertisers because ultimately um uh they they like what he's doing they like his voice and and he engages with the audiences really well people yeah. are behind him so yeah no i i find it uh, fascinating and i think i think one of my um like and I, I might be unique in this, in this, but like the, the late night talk show circuit, I, I feel like that one, that right there is being broken a little bit mm -hmm. because it's the same stuff hashed over on, like I can go and change the, the, the show and watch a different show. And it's like the same jokes 
it's all political <laughs> stuff, but it's just like, it just, it gets old yeah. to me. I want, I want something fresh. And I, I remember, you know, when, when, Co when Conan first went on, dude, I loved his stuff. He was like quirky and weird and different. And it was just disruptive. Yeah. But now it's just like the same old, same old, like, mm. you know, it's just, we're just, it, it's almost like we're being indoctrinated yeah. in, in that aspect. And that's why I find when I look for comedy, I don't look for, you know, broadcast TV type of comedy. I look for people that are up and comers that are just like, just saying the way it is. They're, they're, they're telling about life through their own eyes, through their yeah. own lens, you know? And I think that's why I appeal a lot to that on, on Instagram and also YouTube. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think, um, look, I'm a, I'm a Conan fan. I actually really like the way he gives an interview. Um, but I agree. I think that people, people need new ways to connect with. And, and also you got to look at those late night talk shows and for the, for a lot of the guests, it's ultimately a publicity stopover for 100%. whatever, whatever's going on at that given time. Podcasts can be that as well. But, um, I think that again, I point to Joe Rogan as just the prime example of a model for that is more and more people are going to take to. I think right. fans are, I think he hasn't well, even you reached get, his capacity for when the audience. When you can get Elon Musk to sm smoke a doobie on your <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I mean, come on. And sooner or later, Kanye is going to be on there and, uh, you know, it's going to break deal. the internet. Well, what, what's interesting though is, you know, with Joe, with his podcast, um, you wouldn't even know that he's a comic. Yeah. He's just a really good I, I had yeah. no idea that he was a comic, but I'm like, this guy's actually pretty funny. And well, then, I knew him from Fear Factor. Yeah, exactly. And here's yeah. the thing. Think about that. Like he, with his direct trajectory of his career, he could be doing all kinds of things, whatever he wanted to do. But Joe's a guy and Bill is very much of the same mindset of, I don't need to fall into the, the format that was been set for me by this industry. I don't need to check the boxes and say, okay, I'm working on this show. Now I'm going to get my sitcom. I'm going to get my sitcom. I'm going to do a feature film. And I'm going to become this actor, which is not even tied to the things that I really love doing, exactly. which is being a comic. All he wants to do is this podcast, watch a bunch of fights, and, and, and do stand-up. <laughs> and he found it. He found it in a way where he's taking complete control over his own career, and he's making the things that he wants to make. It's incredibly exciting. Right. And, that's, and that's what I love about this, this time. It's like, creators can do that they don't yeah. need a massive mm -hmm. you know team behind them to do it all they need to do is have great vision yeah and they got to take that step forward sure. just like yeah. he did yeah 100 percent. Well, he is so mainstream yep and he's so influential i mean any executive meeting i'm in there's someone in the room will bring it listens up. or watches to like joe rogan yeah but one thing where it's been frustrating my own personal life um you know i started doing hot yoga um <laughs> you know, like Wait, I'm sorry. Year. No, no, no. Like last yeah. two years. Hot, hot yoga yeah. with Hot yoga. No, no, no. Hot, hot yoga with hey, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm flexible. I remember I'm, when this really trend good. started at Ben, you remember, by the way. Yeah. And I was coming to the office just sweaty. And then yeah. there's no way I could I could but, cool off. Do you do the leotard thing and like oh, the leggings? I have yoga pants. Or is it jeggings? I have yoga pants and booty shorts. Okay, yeah. I do both. I was joking. Well, so I can't get that image out of my mind. So, so, so with that said, at the time, you know, when I started, it was like, you know, all the hippie guys. And then like in a, in a room full of women mm -hmm. and today, like specifically as like the last two to three months when Joe keeps mentioning that he does hot yoga every day, yeah. half of, half of the class this is our yeah. men in their thirties. Yeah. And, 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 and like the classes are getting really full now. Yeah. And, I mean, which hot yoga has been a, a big thing for a long time, right. but I think he's inspired so many people to 
into hot yoga yep. as well as MMA. And then, yeah. and that's actually my other thing that I like to do now is MMA, not so, because of Joe. So why do you? So why do you think brands are interested in then? Right? <laughs> well, I mean, like that, that, that's, that's it. I mean, really like, I mean, yeah. I mean, you want to be inside that content. Yeah, it's, it's going to get a return if you're targeting the right audience. And he's a guy with some hot takes on a lot of different things. You know, oh, for and sure. You, I mean, you know, he's not. He's not. Oh, he's not. Toe, exactly. Like he's not all, toeing the line, and by any stretch of the imagination, all the things that um, you know, the apocalypse was against. He beat Joe Rogan does in his content. Yeah. You know, when yeah. it comes to conspiracies, when it comes to yep. controversial topics, yeah. when it comes to swearing, you know, everything's on the table. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. But no, it, it's been very interesting just to see, you know, that world just continue to develop. And he yeah. kind of has led the way for comics where it's not obvious that he's a comic. If you just, you know, if you're coming you know, from the outside in and you're not a part of the, you know, right. I mean, the world of comedy, but he does such a good job. He's good at interviewing. He's very intuitive. He's very good at asking questions. And because of his background in stand-up comedy, that's one of those things yeah. that probably made him that talented. I agree. And then here, here's, and that comes right back to the point. Like, mm -hmm. what does he want to do? He wants to do his podcast and he wants to do his stand-up. So if the podcast is the entry point to the other thing that's probably most important to him, now he just gained additional fans. So when he goes out on the road, he's selling out massive arenas. That, that's it. Yep. You know, I mean, and that, He's he's created his own industry of, of the industry of Joe. That's what all his the industry and history of Joe. So <laughs> with with your your company, like what are some um, great brand deals and collaborations that you guys have done? Well, we've done some stuff with Ben, which has oh, been sure. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm not asking for a plug. I was no. like, wait a minute, like who who do you know at Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Used to work there. Uh, yes, we're actually working on one right now. We do we have a show um, called Something's Burning. It's a it's a cooking show with Bert Kreischer. Um, uh, that's always a mess. Uh, but we're talking to some um, some brands about tying into this one. We're about to do a a showdown between him and Sebastian Maniscalco, a burger showdown. They've been trolling each other on social media, and now we're, we're putting it to the test. That's awesome. Um, we've worked with uh, Zillow. We did a a, a whole um, I wouldn't say campaign. It was really it was it was just a a, a series of integrations into a, a certain format. It was really fun. It was fun. In, in multiple levels. I, I know that the brand was really happy about it, but we took a format that we were currently doing, which is this series with Bill where he's just driving around town ranting about things, <laughs> the things he sees. And Zillow came in and said, well, what if we supported it and gave you an additional, we were looking for a new reason for why he was out driving around. So we put Bert in the car with him and they went out sort of talking about real estate in the, in the area and like how much could home prices be. And it just, Bit. We still did all our regular show. They still talked about a lot of the silly things that they talk about. Right. But um, it was a good vehicle to get them out on the road. So that was really fun. Um, uh, you know, we've done, uh, we did an animated series for Callaway Golf where we, uh, they wanted some original content for their, um, for their social handles. So we uh, got some comics in a room. We brainstormed some stuff um, and came out with this thing called Ball and Tee animated series. And that's a great example. Like for us, like with everything else, we want to find ways where we can pull comics into the discussion. Shouldn't just be some suits that are deciding exactly what the thing is that they do. And we find that often when it comes to brand creative, you know, it starts with the brand and it moves to their um, media company or their at or their creative agency and then over to their digital agency and then down to their performance agency. And then by the time it gets to the comic, it's just copy on a page. Yeah. read this but 
to your earlier point, you've got some of the best writers, producers, creators in town right here. As long as there's an adult in the room to kind of keep it on the rails for whatever those brand guidelines are, we can come up with some really compelling that's things. That's right? basically been me. But, <laughs> but yeah, so for us, we get an opportunity where a brand can engage directly with really great talent. And a talent has opportunity to really engage directly with the brand, which means more capital for a comedian and, and more compelling creative for everybody. So I've worked on a ton of projects over my career. Um, and one of the keys was if you really want to, you know, punch up a script, it doesn't matter if it's a script about Jesus Christ. It's like, you gotta figure out a way, um, to get some good pacing yeah. and make sure there's good timing. And yeah. we found that hiring comedians to even look at scripts, even look at, you know, scripts for, you know, whatever it may be, it's just like, oh, you might want to fix this or you might want to, yep. you know, move this around. And I feel like that is like, that's kind of the hidden gem, um, of entertainment. I know yeah. there's a lot of YouTubers right now, big YouTubers that will hire, uh, comedians and just get, have them brainstorm the most outlandish, craziest ideas and then they pull it off. They're master wordsmiths and they, they 100%. have a, a real great capacity for the economy of words too. I mean, if you look at what they're doing in their set, it's, it's, it's very well thought out and they are, um, they work it and work it and work it in a way to where it, it it's the most impactful right. collection of words that are going to make you laugh, right? Um, that's why a lot of these comics that, that we work with, a lot of stand-up comics, when they're not on the road, are often in writer's rooms. Yep, They're writing on television and, shows all over and town. And what I'm saying is the value isn't necessarily to get people to laugh, but they understand the storytelling yeah, aspect true. and how to pull emotion out mm -hmm. of it. Like far, far greater than any other uh, you know writer or consultant that we have is like, no, if you want this emotion here's how you have to lead it. This is yeah. how you have to kind of build up to this. We've done some of that work too. We've done some punch-ups on some scripts for some um, some marketing companies, some, st yeah. some studios, movie studios as well for like uh, their marketing campaigns. Well, it's, it's starting to happen more and more. I mean, I would I would suggest anyone that wants to become a copywriter, Yeah, you need to go take some, you know, comedy classes. That's yeah. a great point. I, yeah. I mean, I mean um, there's a couple of um, different agencies. There's a company that I've, I've invested in called Harmon Brothers where, all the scripts that they're writing, you know, for brands are written by comics. Mm. Yeah. And, and, That's great. and, and they're, they're, how, how many cells have they generated for, I mean, I mean, for, for, I mean, I don't know why I'm asking you like Harmon brothers. Yeah. They've, they've generated like, up. I think like 150 between 150 well, and 300 million dollars in revenue. Oh, it's from a their, lot from more their, than that. I mean, the one that I worked on squatty potty, did yeah. $45 million. Oh my God. Squatty potty was huge. One yeah. Year. Yeah. yeah. That was one year. And so then that, they've that, done it for it written by comics. Yeah. And, and you know, comics know how to connect with people and know how to story tell and I mean, give something shocking yeah. that people are going to remember. That and, was a great you know, engage with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I think it's great. I think there's a lot of opportunity for creators that, um, that, that kind of gravitate to entertain and with, like, through comedy and so on. I think now's the time. There's so many different mediums from podcasts to YouTube to Instagram to TikTok. I mean, there's you choose your platform and, yeah. and you can do it. And I think it's just more how do you tell that story? That's right. Um, which is really interesting. But um, there are people watching this that um, that are considering, um, you know, looking at pivoting or seeing what's coming down the road. What like like and I'll rephrase it. We had this question earlier, but I want to rephrase it just a little bit differently. Um, what are the things working for you right now as a company? And, and what does that actually look like? Cause I think right now there's a lot of people 
not knowing where to, to focus or where to look for that focus. Is there a certain platform that you're getting excited about um, and, and why? Um, hmm. Uh, that's really uh, a great question. I think, uh, look, po I th I'd say podcasts as a whole are a great place for people to focus and invest in. I don't think it's even come close to what it's going to be. Um, we actually just announced a partnership that we're doing with Wondery. I don't know if you guys are yeah, familiar yeah. with Wondery. Wondery. Yep. Just for overall audience development, audience expansion, cross promotion. And that comes back to that point about like, if you can get these different entities communicating with one another, you can create something really powerful. You have to treat them all as independent brands, but if you can get them working in a system, you, you're seeing a lot of growth. On the audio side, I think podcasts are really exciting. And, not, and on the video side as well. So think about it. Um, uh, Homecoming on Amazon was a podcast. 100%. Scripted podcast. Had a really compelling story. Amazon got excited about it, turned it into a TV show. Was really amazing, or I think it was brilliant. Yep. TV show, limited series, I don't know what you call it. Um, I think that there's a lot of creativity that's happening in that space that people should be watching and investing in and seeing other ways that you can turn that into something more. That's a lot of what we're doing right now is thinking about how can we break new formats in an audio format that can become something more is it a book is it a movie is it a tv show or or whatever but there's a lot of um those parameters of audio create a tremendous amount of new creativity so i know it's kind of boring it's where we started from All but in i think podcasts, in, in general yeah <laughs> i think in general like there's so much more to be done there so if you're looking to disrupt or if you're looking to create something new look into a place that's actually started as from something really old. I mean, po podcast is basically like old news radio. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, Hey, thank you so much for your time. And it's been thank a you. great conversation. Um, and, uh, for people that are looking to follow some of your comedians, how, how can they find you? Yeah. You should go to allthingscomedy.com. You can find us on Instagram at all things comedy. Uh, you can check us out on our YouTube page. I don't know how you say that. www.youtube.com. <laughs> YouTube, YouTube. I, <laughs> I don't know. Definitely follow Bill Burr at, uh, at billburr.com. Um, check out something's burning. I've got a lot of shows to pitch. Check out paper tiger on Netflix. You know, you're only supposed to have one call to action. I know. I know. <laughs> we got a lot. All right. All right. Let's cut it. Let's cut it. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks everybody for uh, coming on. Make sure you subscribe, follow, you know what to do, and we'll see you on the next video.